welcome in everyone. We are on episode 86 of the Bowcast podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Payne, joined by my co-host, Speediest Chief 2, and our very special guest, Peefy Poke, aka Matthew, aka Kakuna Matata, aka Empoleon Dynamite. A lot of names. Am I missing any names? <laughs> I think that covers the, okay. the main ones, yeah. yeah. There's some what, what's your um, names. I know uh, you play uh, Dragon, uh, Dungeons and Dragons sometimes, right? With the crew, I do. I do. What's your What's your name in Dungeons and Dragons? Like your character name? I am the dungeon master, so I do oh. not have a a character. Okay. Um, but I did play an adventure with Not Rob, and I was mm-hmm. uh, Gwyn, the dwarf barbarian, after oh, uh, nice. Penguin. Okay. Like, oh, I, see I made him an Isa. Uh, ice barbarian after i like it i like it well welcome back uh this is our first ever returning uh battlecats podcast guest and fun fact the i went back to the first time we had you on and it was i think like it was i have on my phone because episode 11 so we're on episode 80 86 which is more than 85 weeks later because we took some weeks off here there but the last year I had you on on March first, twenty twenty one, over two years ago. Time Holy flies. Cow. <laughs> I can't even remember what was happening then. Well, um, I, I did listen back to some of the podcasts too. So, but I think, um, I think it's good for us to do like a little refresher for anyone that for some reason if they don't know who you are, uh, feel free to do like a little brief introduction if you like about who you are. Uh, you know, how you're a part of this community and anything else you want to share to start it off. Sure. Um, so I'm Matthew and I run a website called pvpoke.com, which is a uh, simulation uh, resource for Pokemon Go PvP. And it has uh, battle simulator rankings. And I participate a lot on Twitter asking, uh, a- answering rather, mm-hmm. sometimes asking but mostly answering pvp questions and um yeah that's uh how i met both of you is um you know doing tournaments and and going to in-person events and stuff and Mm -hmm. it's been it's been great it's yeah it's been a while and a lot has changed so Mm -hmm. i i'm personally super excited by like the play pokemon developments and stuff and the amazing job and opportunities you guys have have gotten to to really just take that to the next level thank you thank you you're always very kind too with your compliments whenever we're commentating too so i do appreciate all that especially given how much you've impacted the community too um i was gonna say so oh yeah so so last time in March 1st, 2021. We talked a little bit about uh, how we met too, mostly through uh, a PP Discord. And then did we only meet in person once ever? I was think that? so. Yeah. I think um, GoFest, right? Go this Fest past year. was the first time we wow. met. Yeah. I, like we've known each other for so long, but it's it's funny. Um, well, COVID also like happened too. So yeah. uh, it was a little bit harder to meet people. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. But I'm curious how the two of you like first interacted or met or, you know, virtually okay. met well kakuna always gives such gracious compliments i just want to say the day that pv poke followed me on twitter was a huge day in my life i was so excited <laughs> oh <laughs> i was so thrilled i like showed all of florida chat i was like oh my god Kek followed me and then casey was like i love Kek. 
and then Katina was like, I love Keck. And they're like, we're all love Keck, right? Keck short for Kakuna, obviously. Uh, but no, um, PV Poke, I, I'm trying to remember our first couple of conversations. I think it was kind of like website feedback is I think how I uh, slid into your DMs. I can't recall exactly. Mm. Probably that would have been, let's see. Um, probably mid what season three of self. Does uh-huh. that sound right? It does. Yeah. And just for reference as well, uh, I actually looked it up while we were talking about it. The last time CAC was on the Battle Cats, Fletchling Community Day had just happened. And oh, Shadow oh Articuno was Giovanni's Shadow Legendary. Yeah. Wow. I, I hope wow. uh I hope we had a good idea of how good Talonflame was gonna be. That, that was, was uh yeah, the first ever time we had a five turn fast move, right? Oh. Was Flushing Community. Uh, that was when they introduced Incinerate, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. It's... Actually, Volt Switch, if I remember correctly, was originally a five-turn move. Oh. And then they made okay. it into a four-turn move. And then oh, when Incinerate that's... happened, they made it a mm. the only five-turn move. Wait, how? Uh, wait, when was Volt Switch a five turn? Like, like early, early PP or like early, early? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think when they buffed it, I want to say that was season three of GBL. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, like, at least as early as whenever Givlanchel it was a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Back then, I was like, I didn't even understand turns back then. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't have even known the difference between a five turn move and like a three turn move. <laughs> I was just be yeah, like, for for a long while, I thought both Razor Leaf and Charm were three turn moves. And I was like, wait, why is Razor Leaf like a little bit faster? It's doing so much more damage. Okay, it's a two turn. <laughs> yeah, because they both hit hard, right? So, that yes. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but wow. Yeah, it's been, um, I, I feel like it wasn't that long ago since we had you on this podcast because I, I like i remember it so clearly and i also re-listened to some of it so i really remember it clearly because like, you, you did ago. more homework than i did you don't have to do any homework you just have to be on here right you did plenty <laughs> work for us um but i was listening back on that and it was like me you and zayaka were talking about so many different things and like like the globalization of pokemon go pp and i remember Zayaka saying like oh like it'd be cool to see how a lot of these players from like Asia, especially like Japan and Korea, compete against the rest of the world too. And this is before any official play Pokemon Championship Series circuit, over a year before, actually. And it's funny now because, uh, you know, a couple years later, what, what, two years later, we have these official tournaments. And what, second place was from Korea, third place from Japan? Like we, we saw a lot of really high level competition too. So uh, yes. I'm curious about your thoughts on like how pvp has really shifted since two years ago you know oh my gosh going. yeah like, what are your thoughts yeah, in, in, general? in five five words or less <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you could throw in five thousand words we got time today yeah, yeah, we yeah. Got time. yeah uh, i don't know if shift is even the right word like just a complete um just launch in a in a totally you know big direction that i don't know any of us could have seen coming Mm-hmm. Um, from the, uh, let's see, 2019 was that world invitational, wasn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two years after that, and then getting our first, you know, play Pokemon circuit and just having that, there were some growing pains of course, but I think that turned out really well. And 
super glad to see that they uh, committed to another season, and I hope this only grows from here. So, um, like we've we've been through some ups and downs in PvP, right? <laughs> yes, and just seeing seeing it up on the big stage, having these big events where all of us can come together and meet up. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember. Speedy, did I meet you? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. That was the first time. Okay. And then we mm. saw each other again in um, Seattle. Yes. Correct. Gosh, so having, yeah. yeah, those those in-person events and big PvP tournaments, like uh, I didn't compete, but just spectating that, sitting in the crowd, hearing the reactions, so good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wanted to say like before the pandemic really came in 2020 January, we had the Orlando mega tournament. And I remember Sylph had, had plotted out three or four more of these uh, mega tournaments. Then they became battle towers. That, that was the official terminology. And we were just ramping up, you know, from a grassroots perspective, we were just really ready to go. And then the uh, go battle league was actually launching at the end of January that year. So it's kind of like, it seemed like a launching point, like a takeoff point for Pokemon go PVP. And then of course, by March, everyone was uh, quarantined inside and that stayed that way for about a couple of years. So I definitely felt like we were in a good position to see this exponential growth, but it never really panned out that way. Um, but from your perspective, Kakuna, looking at how things have grown ever since Frankfurt from last uh, last April going to now, now goes in our first official full season in the Play Pokemon circuit. Um, and this is kind of related to Caleb's question as well. Do you see us like taking off again? Do you see that launch pad coming back? Ooh, that is a really good question. I think in some ways, obviously the pandemic really stifled in-person play, uh, self-tournaments, those battle towers. In other ways, I think, you know, being home all the time and having, you know, needing something to do. And for some people, battling was that thing. Yes. So uh, I, I think it was both... Uh, um, you know, uh, try, trying to find a silver lining in there a little bit of, um, I think having that couple of years of uh, the the scene kind of developing and and becoming more competitive and figuring out what a tournament structure might look like because we had mm -hmm. all sorts of uh, you know grassroots tournaments uh, <laughs> over that span. Um, things like Aerodraft League and, of course, GBLA, um, cool. which I, I think really paved the way for, you know, the highest levels of, of competition. So um, it's a, it's a, it was a tough journey, an interesting journey, but um, I think that, oof, I, I hope for sure that having go on the on the big stage would only attract more people around it mm -hmm. even uh watching at indie like there would be people from uh vgc and and the training card game who would you know walk by and kind of uh st stop and watch and they would end up watching for a little longer than they maybe anticipated and that yes. was cool to see and um i think i'm optimistic in part because I know there's some really awesome people involved in um, uh, play Pokemon and uh, including yourselves. 
who will uh, help really make go shine on the uh, on the stage. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic that another another wave will come, so to speak. I do think some part of that's going to have to be Niantic, right? Of um, this is a really um, exhausted conversation in in the PVV mm-hmm. community of uh, you know lowering the barriers for entry, providing more resources to teach people how to play that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Of like, um, well, what are some ways to... that yeah that um, Niantic could bring in some of the you know more core players? Well, it comes back to like investing in the game, right? Investing more into the PvP functionality. And I feel like some of the community days have helped with that, you know, giving Pokemon that benefit from a community day attack with, you know, in terms of PvP, that's been helpful. But at the same time, uh, I agree with you, Kakuna. I'd love to see more support from Niantic on uh, on converting more of the PvE players mm-hmm. over to PvP. Yeah, we always say this too on the podcast. We're like, if anyone from Niantic's listening, just all the time, no need to credit us, but just this is our thoughts, right? And, and now you, you hear some of the thoughts from PV Poke, uh, the creator himself, too. So, definitely a good yeah. one to incorporate. And, and you touched upon a lot of really great points here, too. I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. I think one great thing from that happened with the pandemic, we're like, we're definitely reaching that kind of peak, right? We're getting these mega tournaments. Like I remember they had like these battle towers for Sylph and these grassroots tournaments around the safari zones, even right. Like the Philadelphia one and like St. Louis. I was like, I'm going to all of these, right? I need to go to these battle towers to stay competitive in Sylph, but also like they're great safari zone events. So they're going to tie all into it. Um, you know, now that I think about it, I feel like if there was some type of planning around that, like collaboration between Niantic and like, uh, TBCI, that could be really cool too, right? Like, hey, the first two days we got, um, you know, we got the tournament on on the on the Sunday after you know after the tournament's over, there's a safari zone, right? And people can go to that, right? So you tie it in, tie those fence. It's kind of like win win, right? You get participation in both, or or a lot of people even if let's say one person like your friends like to PP and you don't, you can still spectate for them, and then like you know you could play the safari zone together. So I think those are potentially great ways, but. You know, we do need some some collaborative efforts from Niantic too in that regard. Uh, but yeah, so you said you went to Indianapolis Regional too. Are are there any plans to go to any for the upcoming season um, Ooh, or the I... current season? I should say, and, and <laughs> any any plans to compete as well? Because I know you're quite the competitor. You still, I, I do, I do peep your um your factions records once in a while too. I know you still you still do some PP and competitive PP on the side too that uh maybe people don't realize. I, I do have a competitive streak. Um, <laughs> we'll see what the season has in store. I mm-hmm. do hope to make Milwaukee and okay. hopefully NAIC, oh, wherever fantastic. that ends up being. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, hypothetically speaking, if you were to win world ch- uh, or win one of these regionals or qualify for world championships, would you attend? worlds in japan or uh, even if you don't are you are you planning on attending worlds in japan is that in oh in goodness the works? <laughs> um, i think the possibility of of winning a regional is just too far out i <laughs> i can't say what how, how that would happen but um 
it would definitely be cool to to go to worlds i am have been thinking about going to japan for a little bit and it'll be a, a fun excuse to go we'll see if that lines up this year um but yeah it would be it would be pretty fun okay awesome i don't know if have you have you two ever battled before because i remember when i first battled matthew i was like i think I even told my friend palmer stuff i was like i was like dude i was like i'm about to face pu po like I, i'm just imagining i'm like i'm facing like like the machine here right like yeah just like, i feel like i'm himself. neo facing the the, the matrix right <laughs> i was like no. I'm like he's gonna know everything's gonna come like i don't know like and back then i i definitely didn't know my entry counts right i, I definitely wasn't counting i like for me like ignorance was bliss like i didn't i wasn't as frustrated from some of the inconsistencies in mechanics back in the day because i didn't know the mechanics to start off so i was just like well what's a sneak i was like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> you definitely wiped the floor with me and uh a lot of those oh that it, it, it wasn't it wasn't as one side i remember we mentioned last time too i think like i was listening to like single move like non-legacy like raichu and like single move like earthquake middle queen and stuff it was I remember nice. I faced you once in a Sylph Cup, and I completely redid my team after I faced you. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm getting destroyed here. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I hope you got some more wins after that. Uh, yes, yes, I did. It was, it, was, it was a helpful it was a helpful change. It's like if I got, like, I just joined the NBA and got, like, dunked on, right? On my, like, first <laughs> game, I'm like, ooh, I was never had my life. Like, I got to change this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, what about you two? Have you, have you two ever faced? Have we battled Kakuna? I don't um... I'm trying to think. I I don't know that we've ever battled in like a ranked, yeah. um, you know, competitive setting. Oh, yeah. I don't believe we have either. I'll, I'll have to look back at my Sylph card to see, but I don't think we've ever clashed swords, so to speak. Yeah. Wow, Speedy, are you going to Milwaukee Regionals? Right. Because uh, he's asking you to compete too, so this might be the perfect opportunity. I'll I'll tell you what, you said you were intimidated years back when you paired against Kakuna. I'd still be intimidated right now. <laughs> Would your attack so. drop, Speedy? <laughs> yes. Kakuna used intimidate. It's super effective. Speaking uh, of um, the uh, uh, Japanese and, and Asian competitors, though, I think we have OCIC coming up, don't we? Yes, yes. we do. Yeah. So, uh, fun fact, too. So, you don't, you, I, I probably didn't tell you this yet. Um, we're recording this uh, a few days in advance, but this episode will be dropping on Wednesday of the following week. So mm -hmm. for those listening, Wednesday of today, I guess. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, so the week of OCIC. So it will be Ooh. our first ever, um, like, I guess, like, uh, casted uh, play Pokemon tournaments. So for and first ever international for Oceania. So it'll be it'll be quite exciting too. Yeah, are you going to Australia by chance? <laughs> Whoa, are you going? Gosh. <laughs> I I wish because I am lucky friends with Mr. PvP Steve. And yes. That needs to happen some way, somehow. Yes. Goodbye, well, battlers. <laughs> it's I mean, Lava. it's not I mean... too late, I guess, to hop on a plane <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it might be too late if you're actually doing this on the time the episode drops. Uh, but uh um, Yeah, true. But uh yeah, that'll that'll be that'll definitely be an interesting one too. Um I'm not sure how OCIC goes for VGC and TCG. My guess is it probably won't be as highly attended as some of the other ones just because it's hard to get to, but it is cool to have international for that side of the world as well. And very curious to see how the strategies unfold because I feel yeah. like 
I feel like all of us are like, oh yeah, this is going to be meta. Like there's going to be Gunner, Sunfist, Lantern, Noctowl, Trevenant. But then you got people winning like tournaments with like Shadow Mawwow and like you got like random Dunspar sprinkled mm-hmm. in. You know, it's just like there's always yeah. something like a Shadow Charizard. Like even though there's like meta, there's always like something that sneaks through that like no one anticipates like every tournament, which is always super interesting to me. Yeah, I remember, I think it was Sylph Season 3, I believe. I actually joined a tournament that was hosted in uh, in England. And I was like, yeah, you know, just join this random cup. You know, it's a remote tournament, 48-hour rounds. It'll be fine. And I noticed that their play style and their picks, even though we're in the same meta, they were wildly different. And I really do sincerely feel that uh, when you look at, you know, places like Asia with the the players that qualified for worlds and finished really strongly. If we look down even to Australia and New Zealand, uh, content creators like you say he brings like Ferrothorn and uh, Dedene on his teams. He makes like mm-hmm. these wacky teams and he still wins in go battle league. I'm not sure how he does it. So <laughs> I, I agree with you, Caleb. I think we're going to see some very interesting uh, things at OCIC. Yeah, For the sure. Europeans love that Shadow Saved by Dunsparce combo. They do, they do. <laughs> Even GBL, I'd be facing, I was like, oh, here's the European. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, it's it's rubbing off on some people in North America for sure. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on the current meta? Because um, I think oh. I did see a comment, uh, a few tweets from you uh, recently about, because a lot of people complain about, you know, Trevenant and Lantern, Wall, uh, Trevenant and Lantern and uh, Noctowl. Yeah. Um, but you also tweeted out your opinion on this. You're like, yeah, there's like these core like three, four Pokemon, but there's always like the the flex picks on that fifth and sixth slot can really make mm-hmm. things interesting. Uh, is, is that is am I quoting correctly there? Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion recently about how people feel about the current meta, and uh, usually comparing it to, oh, would you rather have you know Walrein Nidoqueen back? Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's been a conversation. It's been a conversation. Kind of a be careful what you wish for sort of thing. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. I for one personally was not for the wall ring nerf, but it was it was less so about um because what I was mostly scared of, I didn't expect the lantern thing, because I, I guess we no one really even knew it was gonna get surf. But I was thinking if you nerf wall ring, that's one less thing to counter Trevenant. And Trevenant is much harder to nerf because it's got Shadow Call, Shadow Ball that impacts too many things, and C-Bomb's just not a great move already, right? Um, so they could, I guess they could make that worse, but then at that point, you're throwing like Shadow Balls at Azu instead of uh, C-Bomb. That's just like a weird feeling, too. But yeah, um, but that was my greatest fear, of course. And then, you know, I blame Stark for this one because he popularized Noctowl, and then now oh, no. <laughs> he, he's... I play Stark for a lot of things. He's he's a villain in my book, and fun and fact that only reinforces that. Yeah, fun fact: Stark's uh-huh. knockdown was the only knockdown in the top eight at Baltimore. Dude, that's wild. These it's days, him. it's like that's 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 all it is. Yeah, it's him. He's it's him. him. <laughs> Stark is him. Yeah, yeah. He and he inspired Hot Pocket, and then after that, it's, it's all just, downhill. It's just been down, and then they buffed it. They buffed it. Yeah, or that owl in him. Whatever exactly. It is. <laughs> Exactly. He's a he's a controversial figure. I he will is. say that. So so Kakuna, which side do you stand on? I, I you said careful what you wish for, and I do resonate with that. Oh, so so what do you think about the current meta? I I think I, I personally preferred the uh, the Walrein meta, and I did uh, after seeing that discussion go back, and I, I remembered posting. Uh, some thoughts after coming back from Indy of like, yeah, okay, people were using a lot of the same Pokemon, but 
but the actual games were just always so dynamic and mm -hmm. anything could happen at any moment um, with, you know, the energy building of, of Sableye, of Valrhein, of like Trevenant. These are all really um, flexible Pokemon. Hardly, I wouldn't say hardly any RPS it was there, but um, a lot of potential to, to outplay. Whereas I feel like that's a little less. Um, I feel that uh, as I posted that uh, I think the current meta emphasizes more um, predictions and, mm -hmm. you know, okay, they led this last time, what should I lead this time? Um, and stuff that doesn't translate as well onto the, the screen, mm -hmm. but uh, are still important, you know, skills for, for show six, ring three. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat some more. Ooh, right. uh, if it were up to you, right? And again, I don't know if anyone from 9 listen to this, but if it were up to you, what would you do for like maybe the next GBL update or, you know, next season update, whatever, and move sets to, what would you like to see? How would you balance it, I guess? Right? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The challenge here is it's really hard to, um, <laughs> I, I see yes, speedy yes, beginning. Uh, I'm taking stuff. notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> it's really hard to take back any um, buffs, especially move additions. Yes. So we're kind of stuck with Surf Lantern. We're stuck with, um, uh, let's see what else. Shadow Ball Noctowl. Shadow Ball Noctowl. Um, was the wing attack buff too much? Yeah. Maybe. Um, and so if I were to try and core break what's happening right now with Metacham, Stunfisk, uh, Lantern, and Trevenant, or sorry, there's an Octal somewhere in there. Yeah, <laughs> Lantern knocked out Trevenant. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You could also introduce moves, or moves to Pokemon that don't currently learn it. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah. I saw this suggestion somewhere. I think you could buff rollout back yeah. to its yeah um, increased damage. <laughs> Dunsparce going. Dunsparce yeah. users really going to rejoice <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? I wouldn't mind seeing if, a Miltank meta. Yeah. Because uh, that second charge could be anything. <laughs> true. Could really give you some coverage. I can't remember if it learns it or not. But something like Magical Leaf, Obama Snow, oh, or something, because the uh, Powder Snow gets resisted by mm -hmm. Azumarill, by Lantern. Mm -hmm. um, if you had a, a more a neutral or energy gaining, either a Grass move or a more neutral move, like not Shadow Claw, but something like a, a yeah. giving Obama yeah. Snow some more, some more play could be. It, be part of it that. does learn it does learn magical leaf Ooh, okay. wow okay i'd like that yeah because um yeah. i mean the play into noctowl is an interesting one too because the weather ball is super effective but your fast ones aren't doing anything and you got the super effective wing attacks and sky attacks right so that's a fairly 
it's like not even a neutral match. This is like super effective versus super effective matchup, but mm-hmm. it could be pretty interesting too. And it makes I'm sure it makes the uh, Galarian Stumpfist matchup a little trickier too, because everyone's using Galarian Stumpfist these days. It's like why 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 bring Registeel if Registeel's going <laughs> to lose the Lantern, right? So yeah. that that gives a little more leeway to the Registeel as well. Yeah, I, like I feel like the one of the biggest misses in the current meta as well is the lack of safe switches. I think you touched on this as well, Kakuna. You said it's really dependent on calling leads, calling team comps. Uh, Sableye has really fallen off. Lickitung is almost non-existent. Mm. It's really hard to find a good safe switch because you've got knocked out Umbreon on the other side, right? Uh, to drop another metric on you here, I, I watched back the Orlando finals. And in the grand finals, in the grand finals reset, Bosox and Zaburglar played seven games. In those seven games, Bosox soft won one lead. And he hard won one lead. And guess which game he won? Because he only won one out of seven. <laughs> the game he won the hard lead. Oh, goodness. Yeah. It's He's tough. a dirty RPSer, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, he, he got he got RPS to heck. <laughs> he did, he uh, did. I, I usually like, like to say play RPS games, win RPS prizes, but it <laughs> seems to be unavoidable in, in the current meta. Love it. Uh, I like that. I like that. All right, cool. I like I like that potential change there too. Yeah, you're absolutely right too. Because th- the problem is now that Lantern has Surf, and you like if you nerf Surf, you hit so many things. But it's just like it's Surf Lantern is. That I I've been using it. I don't. I, I I can't remember who. Oh, it's it's Casey that plays Ultra League for your factions, right? Like yo, if you don't have a hundred percent Lantern for Ultra League, like you got to build one. That thing is just. Oh, like it is too strong like it it goes like pretty even against the deoxys offense it's like 2300 mm-hmm. cp even when best buddy it's kind of wild like one of the few things that you don't have to shield anything from charizard so um yeah it's it just really really strong unfortunately and um yeah who would have thought who would have thought um and buffing Ampharos was not the way in my opinion i don't know if you disagree Aww. with me on this or not I know is, how could you it's pushing it but look we got we got like what like three tournaments left before this bastion safe in the clear no transfer needed right like i don't i don't think anyone's winning with the Ampharos. zz is really trying though i will i will give him credit yeah, for that. Yes. were you Jeez. sweating at least a little bit nah no nah, i was okay <laughs> i was okay uh, Boat Trump's going to be a little bit weirder though because it's much less people. I think they currently have like 36 people signed up, so he might have a good chance of winning that one. But there's a big difference between qualifying for Worlds and getting second place and winning, right? Like, it is winning a regionals and internationals a hard feat in itself. So, you know, I would know about not winning. So, <laughs> personal yeah. experience. Personal experience, man. It's not easy. <laughs> so, um, but we'll see. I mean, Butters is convinced. Butters is convinced. He's uh I'm still waiting for him to show up on the stage as well. But maybe <laughs> maybe down the road. Um I was gonna ask you this too when we're talking about uh with the um you know uh the Pokemon company and play Pokemon stuff, uh with especially with Go. Um I feel like I might have asked you the last time around, but it's been two years, so I don't actually fully remember. Did you play any competitive um VGC or TCG ever? Or super casually like occasional smogon games and okay okay about it yeah okay so not in like any official like tournament capacity in the past no okay oh it's good to know and i also saw that um on pv poke you also have a terror raid uh counters guide too now right and so so definitely a big change since uh since the last time we talked well scarlet was even out back then too uh we want to talk a little bit about that 
yeah, I've been playing a ton of Scarlet and Violet, uh, really enjoying it, and I'm doing some raids, you know, thinking of, hey, what would be good for this? And then I was like, oh, I could just make that. And mm-hmm. then I made it. So, nice. Yeah, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a um, fun to keep up and uh, having little side projects, like side side projects, I guess, like that. Uh, it's always nice to keep things fresh and um, yeah, 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 definitely. I remember too. Um, you were trying to do something with Unite back in the day. This was like a, this was like over a year and a half ago, right? When yeah, it was actually like two years ago. It was like Unite came out shortly after, like a few months after we recorded our last one too. Um, was that is that still a pro- uh, work in progress or like it did it like oh is it, that... is it, is it already published or I I, don't, I haven't seen oh it that that unfortunately is is done in the water okay um, no yeah it's still a, a good experience and I, mm-hmm. I don't regret making it but um, definitely underestimated the time and and uh, you know math it would take to. <laughs> to keep that running so yeah unite is very like dynamic too so it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. it's not really like turn-based either so it gets like really weird to like i i i don't even know how to wrap my head around the math to even for yeah starters. <laughs> well well some of your moves as well like if you're within a certain radius it does more damage than mm-hmm. being closer so even if you try to map a single moves damage yep. it's the calc is all all you know very well there's crits and there's like attack yes. weight stats and like all the items and the level the items <laughs> the level of pokemon yeah, I'd yeah. be stressed thinking about it, but it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, thankfully with the Terra thing, it's just like Pokemon type matchups, mm-hmm. and yes. you know those sh- probably won't change over the lifespan of Scarlet and Violet. Yes, one would yes. think. <laughs> one would think indeed. We'll see. Yeah, I remember too back like two years ago. Was it two years ago? Maybe one year ago when like the sneaks and denials were a thing. Um, I don't even know how you programmed that, right? Because like some, do you have to program like occasional denials and sneaks? Uh, back in PvP back in the day, because nowadays, like you know, supposedly <laughs> the fast one should always go through when they use charge room. But I'm just thinking from a programming standpoint, like how do you even address like the inconsistencies within a simulation, right? <laughs> that's that's getting flashbacks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah. We're in a better so, place these days, but I, I'm very curious about that. <laughs> the story there is funny because. I I didn't put it into the Sims because I was like, okay, the moment I put this in there, it's going to get fixed. And then I'm <laughs> going to have to take it out. And then it didn't get fixed. And it didn't get fixed. And it didn't get fixed. And like a few years later, uh, eventually okay. it got fixed. Um, Did you ever end up putting it in there or you, you held out? You held I held out the entire okay, okay. time. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Because I know some people, they would try to use, especially for silt disputes, they would try to use PV poke to justify some of it. But the problem mm. is, like, if if there's not, like, guaranteed denials or sneaks and stuff, like, it just, you can't really go off of the simulation there, which mm. is tough. But, I mean, that just, it put you in a tough spot in general. But um, but everyone else, too, relying on it, just, like, <laughs> I don't, like, what are you supposed to do, right, in that situation? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe, I, I've seen some comments about, should denials come back just to really make things more interesting what what do you think on that no <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the argument for denials to come back so for those that don't know a denial is 
uh, essentially every time you use a charge move, your opponent is supposed to throw a fast move, right? Otherwise, you're just like throwing charge moves for free. It's a turn-based game. But back in the day, not even that far ago, like even like a few months ago to a year ago, there's a chance where you can throw your charge move and they don't get a single fast move through. You're essentially denying a potential fast move. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's the reason for people that want denials back? Were they just like better back when they had denials at the game, I guess? Yes. Uh, <laughs> some, some, some personal preference here, I guess. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try and... I think there's two different arguments. Yeah. And I'll try and represent them as well as I can. <laughs> One is the thought that the game should be always deny instead of always sneak. And the thinking there is that um, if you're always denying, the game becomes more charge move oriented than fast move oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second argument, uh, some people saying they want uh, random denials sometimes um, <laughs> because um, I, I think the argument there is that matchups are too static um, static yeah static or determinate and having something that potentially flips things around would mm. would uh, add more variability to that hmm. i disagree but yeah, yeah me too it's kind of like the the rng that we see sometimes in other pokemon games like in tcg they literally roll dice to determine the effectiveness of some attacks and then when you look at uh, vgc i remember watching a match where hurricane landed on an azumarill and when azumarill was ready to throw the play rough and ko the dragonite that threw the hurricane it got confused by the hurricane and then it <laughs> ko'd itself it's like <laughs> yeah. my goodness that's like nail biting right it takes a lot of rng and that's something that pe- people don't realize as well there's a lot of rng in pokemon mm-hmm. it's very like luck based you know like it has to be very special for you to win maybe that's why they want the random denials you know they want more RNG. it could be yeah There's but i actually... think it's it's frustrating on the receiving end right back when uh ominous wind or ancient power would give you a double stage boost in uh attack and defense like that was just like like oh i got this in the bag and this togekiss you know double boost off of the ancient power and then you're just like yeah. oh, i'm about to lose metagross and togekiss right now right just... <laughs> i actually I actually have a, a question for both of you. So there's actually someone who is a close friend of ours who is actually in the always deny camp. Wants you know always deny? He wants always denies. Oh, would that be and our Amphros friend? It would. Ah. What? <laughs> Butters wants always deny? Yes. Dude, I'm calling him out. Odd. Two of Butters wants always deny. Gotta, you got to remind me if if we have Butters on as a guest in the future for us to like grill him on this. What's <laughs> what's the rationale for him wanting always deny? Is because Dude, he doesn't I like fast from pressure teams? I, I can't get into his brain. You got to ask him. I don't know. His brain's like a like a forest fire. <laughs> I don't know if I if I, I don't want to enter that brain. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Kakuna explained it well, right? Uh, you want to shift the game to more charge move oriented yeah. combat, and if, if you always get denied, it means you're always throwing on alignment. So instead of throwing four mud shots versus three snarls, you're actually throwing five mud shots every time, or or six rather, six. So you line up on tw- on turn twelve, and then throwing your move. So I don't know. I mean. I, I I just don't like it. I, I just don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, the always and now also really punishes slower fast moves, right? I feel yes, like it, uh, they're well. in competition yes, already. 
Yeah, because Doombuck, I think, even mentioned it um, on Twitter or something after when he won Arlington. He's like, yeah, I personally, like, always, I always go for, like, the one-turn, two-turn fast moves yep. if possible for my Pokemon. Yep. I think his entire team was one-turn, two-turns. I don't even think he had a three-turn Pokemon on his Sorry. team. He had an Obscoon, Frostless. I don't know. But, um, yeah, because even, even three-turn yeah. moves, you could really, like, exp- not even exploit, but, like, optimize your charge from timing. Yeah. Everything um, besides his Reggie was a two-turn move. Yeah, yeah, and Reggie's one turn, right? So that's yep. very easy to play around. Um, yeah, it's if you're if you know your timings well, like you could play around four turn, five turn, even three turn moves pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal thought is like if you know how to optimize your charge from timing, then like you don't need guaranteed denials, right? Like you could maximize quite a bit. And this is something I didn't know the last time we had Kakuna on. I didn't even know what that was. Even though Optimize Charge Time was a thing, I didn't like, I like didn't, I didn't, I was too lazy to do the research and figure it out until I, until I did. And it was a, it was a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, a big reason to run Ember on, on K9, right? Yes. Because mm, you could actually doesn't... switch. It was much more fluid, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's why Cindy ran it though, because she doesn't know Optimize Charge. Like, uh, she's my teammate. So, I know this, but she didn't know optimized charge from timing until like at least a few months ago. So when she won the regionals way before, I was like, "How are you this good and don't know optimized charge from timing?" <laughs> like, um, but uh, she's like, "I don't know, I just throw." <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's like muscle memory, right? Like any mm-hmm. any good athlete doesn't have to really think about what they're doing; they just kind of go through the motions and they just yeah. nail it. You know? Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, because Ember. Remember Cantal Ninetales, Golden Hada got it uh, used as well in the mm-hmm. in the second place too. We talked about this a little bit, Matthew, in our last podcast, but we're saying, you know, going back to the the old meta versus the current, you know, Trev Noctowl Lantern meta, even though Walrein and Trevenant were so common, Dancing Rob didn't have either of those on his team <laughs> and he yes. won all worlds. So like that already mm-hmm. shows, and I was saying like, if you don't have either, if you don't have two out of like Lantern, Trevenant or Noctowl on your team, in this current meta, like there's no way you win anything. I feel like there's almost mm-hmm. like I don't know. Has there been a regionals winner that has won a regional since the the lantern update? I don't or since a recent update, wing attack update? I don't think so. I don't think a single person has won one without at least two out of those three from any regional. But That's an interesting question. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah no so, so basics won Bilbao with Trevenant. Toxic Croak, Tapufini, Lickitung, Altaria, yeah. and Registeel. Well, but that was pre Wing Attack buff. When was oh, the Wing post. Attack buff? Uh, it was Toronto, Stuttgart, and Brisbane. So that, yeah. Really? I don't even know where you're The Wing your... Attack buff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was after LAIC. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's one mm. them. I do think it's, it's funny that the. The first regional we saw um, had mirror teams in the finals. Oh, were, Indianapolis? Yeah. yeah. Or um, no, in uh, wait, Toronto? Was that? Where was that? Toronto and, Toronto. and yeah, they both yeah. did. Yes, yes, post, um, post patch, yeah. The only difference was uh, Power Punch Metacham versus uh, Psychic. Psychic, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a strong team. Magic Mason and Brown Baller. They both like they were definitely onto something. I mean, they both played great, but they also just had like like when you look at that team, you're just like, dude, what do I what do I run into this? <laughs> that Umbreon was yes. so strong too. There's like no charmers, no fairies. Yes. Like it was 
it was uh it was pretty wild but i don't know out of um in your opinion matthew what would you run if he had a shadow shadow alola nine tails would you run the powder snow variant or would you run the charm variant i would lean towards powder snow okay at the moment and i think yeah powder snow probably um because going from neutral or resisted to neutral damage against Mm -hmm. g fisk yes um then you're hitting super effective versus trevenant versus noctowl i feel like that's just too good to pass up yeah okay i like it i like it yeah chief is on like almost every team too i think it was what mm-hmm. seven over 70 percent of the teams in orlando which is kind of bonkers but it was yeah. the number one highest usage pokemon even over medichan which mm-hmm. i find surprising because almost every team has fighting type and it's usually medichan yeah but- that's like that's like another thing as well. I'd love to see more fighters besides just Medicham because Medicham is just yeah, dominating. I think so good. What do you so what do you good. do? You had to hit the like buff like Toxicroak. I feel like <laughs> which is <laughs> oh a what Annihilate. Oh Annihilate. Yeah, or introduce a new Pokemon. Yeah, or give like Buzzwool something good. I don't yeah, know what Buzzwool. Just... Buzzwool needs coverage moves. I mean, Metacham can just psychic all the other fighters, right? So you need something different. Well, Buzzle can lunge and keep it interesting, I think, if you don't sure. like psychic. True. But yeah, yeah, the psychic Annihilate. What's Annihilate's typing? It's Fighting Ghost? It is, yes. Oh. Jeez. That would be like the antithesis of Metacham. <laughs> <laughs> well, the psychic so is rough. still super effective, at least. So yeah. you have some play. That's yeah, that's that fair. You can't count on Metacham here. Yeah. Shoot. I don't know. Beast. Yeah, I mean, Metacham getting XL. Just whenever they introduce XL, <laughs> it's just like over. Oh man, like, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes the game has made. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yo, do, uh, do share more on that. Actually, out of curiosity, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I, curious. I was pretty passionate leading up to the uh, Go Beyond update that mm-hmm. Pokemon should not go above level forty, and I think at the time we weren't sure uh, what was going to happen. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, it it just introduces a lot of problems, balancing problems, resource mm-hmm. problems. Oh yes. Um, yeah. Power creature in general. Yeah. Yeah, things got super strong. I mean, yeah, because I think back then we all, I think a lot of people figured there might be something beyond level forty, but we weren't sure if it like allowed you to power Pokemon or might be just be like, oh, just for like cosmetic or like you get a, mm-hmm. you get a, you know, skin or something like that, but. No, no, you got to power up to level 50 now. And I don't know. I feel like a few years from now, level 60 is around the corner. Luckily for Great League, that won't be a huge problem. Because, like, what does that uh... implicate? Like, a, a higher <laughs> stat product, Lickitung, and, like, Wobbuffet's going to be kind of bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Chansey, too, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. For Ultra yeah. League, there are quite a few Pokemon that are hovering around, like, 2200, 2300. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Out. <laughs> yeah yeah not you should i keep telling speedy so just run pidgey if you really want to do that um but uh but also i mean galarian stump is right now it's a hundo for ultra league imagine like a higher stat product galarian stump is in ultra league that'd be kind of wild yeah, or umbreon oh, or umbreon yeah or umbreon uh jelson's already mostly there but yeah or yeah that's I, a good one 
I feel like one of the worst things that level 50 did was just really uh, break the Stardust economy in the game mm-hmm. as well. Because I, I was actually looking at some Pokemon. You, you'll appreciate this, Caleb. But I was, I was looking at some Pokemon to power up with my 14 million dust. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I have a rank five Ultra League Alolan Sandslash that I just TM'd. And I'd love to make it, but it's a shadow, right? Oh, that's shadow, like shadow Alolan Sandslash. Half a mil at least. It's 580,000 dust just powered up and then 60K more in order to double move it. And I was looking at the math right here. And if you catch, let's just say, let's just say for example's sake, right? You catch uh, Pokemon for 100 dust per, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, well, I want to make this, this Sand Slash. Quick math, 6,403 catches to make one Pokemon for Ultra yeah. League that you might not even want to play. Maybe you build it and you're like, you know what? It's way too weak to counter. There's too much rock. There's too much whatever. I don't want to play mm-hmm. it. And that's 6,000 catches. I, if I really grind out a spotlight hour, I could probably catch like, you know, three, maybe 350. 6,000. That is a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's tough. I, I, that called a, I spent a lot of those 6,000 Pokemon making my Ultra League pilots one. I really regret it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. See? And and even like a transfer mechanic, like if you could transfer a Pokemon away that you invested Stardust and Candy into, even if you got like 50% back or 25% back uh, out of the transfer, that would help a lot. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Stardust economy is really shot right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you play, um, you still play Master League for factions? Matthew? I don't. Okay, <laughs> I had okay. to back away from Master League the moment they allowed expensive. legendaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the, that's another aspect, too, because the XLs for for the legendaries too it's just well there's really no shortcut too right you can't really walk a mewtwo <laughs> um you gotta well i guess you could but most of the time you're raiding or trading for them and it's a lot of excels uh, for all mm-hmm. these things so it's um yeah we'll see i mean i'd be happy to revisit maybe the, maybe the third or fourth time you're on this podcast by then we'll have level 60 around oh my <laughs> that's God. when uh I'm that's when we're really getting to level 50 <laughs> They have to. They have to keep it around for just a little longer. Just a little longer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because what it was what uh, three, five years. It was around. It was a little under five years. It was like four and a half years, I think. Wait, no, no. It was three and a half years before they dropped level fifty. Because then they drop at the end of twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped at the end of twenty twenty. Because I remember I wasn't like taking it seriously, and then all of a sudden I'm like, dang, I need to go to Eevee Nest for this Umbreon. Dude, um, whenever people mention like level 60, level 70, it, it's like this this really uh, upsetting joke, right? For example, my, my brother will send me these memes sometimes, reminding me of how old we are, right? Uh-huh. He'll sit, he sent me this one meme, it had like Skeletor on it, and Skeletor was laughing, and it said, we are now closer to 2050 than we are to 1980. And then Skeletor like <laughs> runs away. And I'm like, damn it. I, I know I'm getting older, but like, come on. No. And then you mentioned level 60, and I'm like, damn it i do not want to spend that much stardust and something for level 60 yeah i'm i'm still i'm still egging for friendship and i still do this is this might sound cringe to you too but i still do mass evolutions like i'll tag my oh pidgeys my and uh pydubs and stuff and it's uh, very whispers <laughs> i have a tag and i will I, like when i egg with someone 30 minutes after i'm still evolving right i'm maximizing i mean what do i, I do with all these pidgey candies right <laughs> I recently got back into the habit of uh, opening gifts uh-huh. semi-regularly. Okay, okay. And <laughs> I had a bunch of, uh, like, getting close to ultra friends or best friends with a bunch of people. 
Nice. But then I realized, oh no, I have to coordinate. And I just completely mm. stopped. And then That's eventually gave up and was like, nicknamed my buddy, No yeah. Egg. Just go for it. It, yeah. it is definitely some work too. I will say though, a lot of people don't care about the experience as much these days. So there's like, yeah, just open whatever. I was like, thank you. Thank you. I'll just, I'll egg up. Don't mind me. I'm just evolving some Pidgeys here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll reflect on this all in three years and he, and I'll be the last one laughing here. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think it's, it's got it's pushed out a lot of the spice picks. Like Shadow Burnett has nowhere to go these days, right? Like back in the day, oh. like you kind of make that work, but uh not as much, not as much. Um, so we usually have like um like a tea segment. Uh we call it what's the tea, right? Usually oh, something more controversial okay. that's happened, stuff like that. Um uh, nothing nothing wild has really happened in the recent week. Uh yeah. but um, I do remember reading this tweet uh, from you, actually, Matthew, back uh, during the Arlington Regional. We and get the receipts. <laughs> we get the receipts. <laughs> well, we mentioned it before, too. But I, I love to talk about it when you're here, too. Uh, so it's a tweet uh, that you posted back on December 23rd, 2022. Uh, and it was after Statusan wrote did this whole like dissertation of like the mechanics and everything, you know, uh, looking at the dispute that happened there and, uh, you know, latency and everything. And you're... Your tweet was, personal hot take, I think the bar for disputing should be very high and rematches should only be issued for clear and obvious circumstances, uh, e.g. two seconds of lag and a spinning ball. Um, if something takes frame-by-frame frame analysis to diagnose, it's probably not clear and obvious. And then you'll say at the highest levels of play, of course, the microsecond moments do matter. It's a process question of whether the player and judge experiences better uh, by making them put the game under a microscope or having players assume a reasonable level of risk to accept most outcomes. Uh, do you still, first off, do you still stand by what you said here? And I would love to hear your, your thoughts on, on, on why. Yes, I'll stand by those words. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. I think, um, like, obviously in a perfect setting, we would want the game to work flawlessly, frame by frame, no issues whatsoever. And even with the issues that we do have, I know like when you're in that, that chair and you're at the highest levels of competition, like of, of course you're going to want to look, uh, you know, really closely at the game to make sure everyone's getting a, a fair shot. I think from a... Um, looking at the tournament experience, the broadcast experience, just from an entertainment standpoint, from a process standpoint of making th sure things are running uh, smoothly and, you know, the casters don't have to buy half an hour of time for um, uh, a dispute or whatever. Um, just keep, uh, keeping the bar for that higher so that um the yeah the whole thing doesn't grind to a halt mm -hmm. in in certain situations yeah i think um when we brought this up a few weeks ago on the podcast too i i also agree with your approach too because it's kind of also like um like a like ever it's going to happen 
in your favor and against you, right? And so like it all kind of evens out sometimes as well. And, you know, obviously I think most people when they're affected by this, they always think about when it affects them. But I know plenty of times I've probably won games I probably shouldn't have because of, you know, certain little micro lags or a turn going through or, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, I personally just take it with a grain of salt. Unless it's like a very obvious lag situation, right? Like just like one one turn sneaking through. Like sometimes it could change the outcome of the match, but like that's gonna happen across the board, I think. What was your thoughts on it, Speedy? I can't remember. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think back to the conversation. It's tough because it's not like uh, so the first thing that came to mind for me was instant replay in sports like football, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have the analysts actually watching back the footage. And the quote that they always say is that you need clear and indisputable evidence to overturn the call that's already been made, mm-hmm. right? So if you call no catch, when you watch that replay back, you need to clearly see the catch being filled, right? And um, when we look at the, here at this as well, like I think Pokemon Go, because it's so turn-based, it almost feels like it doesn't belong in that category because, you know, three turns here, three turns there, charge move there, swap mm-hmm. here. Everything is like on this grid of turns. So it doesn't feel like there's as much of like a human factor here. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, oh, his toe barely touched the line. Like you should be able to tell what should have happened uh, throughout the game based on the turn cycles. Um, so it's hard for me to say, to be honest, but I feel like, yeah, the disputes are hard. I feel like in general, we need a better system of like explaining the disputes because I think if we actually explain them better to the viewers and we could actually illustrate better what's going on and it would also help people to learn about how the game actually works as well. And I think we could turn it into an educational opportunity. Yeah. I, I also too, I don't know um, if either of you two know this and I, I might, this might not even be accurate, but I believe when this all happened, a lot of people were really selling the footage and it might be even before this. Um, I think it stemmed from Adib Khan, who you know did what used to be called Project Goofy, and now it's called Project Frontier and whatever. Um, but definitely big on the mechanics. And he was saying that when he was looking at all these, like you know the how the mechanics work and everything, he said that he discovered that Pokemon Go PvP is not actually turn based. Um, I forgot exactly what he said, so this sounds like really weird. <laughs> but like, it's like something—it's something to do with like it's like a it's like some time-based thing, I guess, or like tap input something. Um, yeah. Well, well, a turn is also time locked, right? A turn is a half second, so you can look at it in terms of time or as in terms of turns. But if if everyone's like tapping their screen the whole time, then theoretically, at least Kakuna, you probably know this better than almost anyone. It should actually progress along the same track. You're just like taking steps at different intervals, like a five-step. You know, or five turn incinerate is five steps. One dragon breath at a time is five little steps, right? But you're still like moving along the same track. Is that accurate? I I think what we saw a lot of surrounding that particular dispute uh, from Status Ten and uh, Adib Khan uh, Mm -hmm. was that um, there's maybe potential for things to happen um, at different times in that half second interval that um like uh, could I like stagger the alignment of certain things yeah i think that's particularly what status 10 was interested in analyzing of oh what if you um stop tapping for like a quarter second a quarter yeah a quarter of a second how does that change things and yeah. i don't know the answer to that um 
but yeah, it's super, it's super, um, granular in depth right? and granular. <laughs> yeah. I also I might think... be misquoting what Adib said to me. I just remember what he said to me. He made it seem like it was like a huge revelation. Like, yeah. you know, like there is no spoon. But I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm holding a fork, but <laughs> just get a spork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Galarian uh, Alakazam. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Spork. yeah. I think, um, yeah. Again, like I think, again, I always default to you know sometimes like knowing too much about mechanics really gets people down. You know, like I think like ignorance is definitely bliss at times. I think for those that really understand mechanics, they see like they're like there's like a missing one turn or half turn here and that could have changed the whole match right and i'm just like dude i was like maybe but like you want to study every single match like this like you're gonna you're gonna find something right i think um like waller was very big in mechanics but i think like that was also his down downfall is it, he knew it's so exhausting much. it was exhausting yeah. he was always so frustrated yeah. and i get it oh, oh i i could I, maybe i don't fully get it but i can understand why because he because he sees everything he just can't unsee it, and it's just like you know, it's just like it. It can be frustrating, right? Which might have led to him taking a step back from the game because yeah. of it. Uh, well, he actually and said that, that's why. Yeah, this is also like a hundred percent the case with Dunebug. If you compare like last season to this season, mm -hmm. the reason Dunebug had so many disputes is because he saw all the inconsistencies in the game yeah. and he called them out actively because, yeah. you know, the game should work to a certain level. And if it didn't work to that level, it like threw a wrench into everything, right? Into all his expectations about mm -hmm. how the match would go. Uh, he, then it became like a question of fairness in his mind. And not everyone saw it that same way. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so divisive. So like, man, why is this guy like creating a big fuss over one snarl? But in his mind, like you pointed out earlier, Caleb, this one micro turn could have changed everything. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people believe that, right? And like the thing is, like Doombug was the first trainer to come along and have that kind of confidence and that kind of knowledge in the same kind of package. But he's not the last. We're going to see yeah. lots of trainers who come in and think they know the game down to like the cellular level. And we're going to have to have a better system for disputes because those people are not just going to stop coming to tournaments, right? Somebody is always going to arrive that has a similar mindset. Yeah, Doombug definitely, um, he understands mechanics. I mean, his confidence levels were very high, too, though. I think some of those Super disputes, high. like, he wasn't wrong about, like, a missing turn, but, like, I was like, you don't, you don't beat this alone Ninetales, Charm it's, alone Ninetales with, like, the, with, the, with the Umbreon because you missed the Snarl. But, it was, like, yeah. Caleb-level confidence with also, like, the the not giving a crap about what people thought and was just, like, going to go after <laughs> it no matter mechanics, what. Yeah. It's a good thing yes. I don't know mechanics, otherwise I'd probably See? be doing the same thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, I definitely uh, think you uh, you want to set up the players for success and the mm -hmm. judges for success. Yeah, and and keep the the stream and the tournament moving. So uh, that's kind of why I'm on the uh, the side of the fence of you know keeping disputes uh, the the bar higher. Yeah. I feel you. yeah, indisputable video evidence, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one question for both of you. I'm curious on how you you all think on this. Uh, in in Sylph right now, especially in factions, they have these things called death wins, uh, definitive wins essentially. Where if let's say it's like like I let's say it's the bug where um, we come in, shields are down both sides. I have a move on like my Trevenant, like a Shadow Ball, and you have like an Ice Punch on Medi, and both would knock out. The Shadow Ball should obviously come through, but the Charging Button doesn't come through, and the Medi takes out my Trevenant, right? Uh, any other situation where if it works properly, the Shadow Ball KOs the Medicham, you know, GGs. 
um, in factions now, when you have those situations and you can prove that it should have been a win for the Trevenant user, they don't replay. They just give a win to the Trevenant user, even though um, in the actual practice, the 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 Medicham user won, right? Sorry, I'm going to reposition my cat real quick here. Um, so I don't think that's a that's definitely not a rule in play Pokemon right now. We actually saw that in San Diego where uh, Gucci Gang instead of getting a death one, he had to rematch the game, right? Um, which he did end up winning the rematch, but like it's just like a in some ways like you really need to play out the rematch, right? At that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are your two thoughts on death wins, especially on the big play Pokemon stage? Hmm. For some I, like obvious death, like a situation like that, right? Like the charge yeah, I, doesn't come up. Yeah. I think in principle, I agree. If you're in an end game situation where you 100% know what the outcome should be, mm-hmm. 100%, and it doesn't happen for whatever technical reason, I think that's. Um, I think you would have to limit it to like exactly that scenario, yeah. Or like I don't know if someone is like, oh, my charge move should have done enough to KO and it didn't, and they like missed a bubble or something. Then <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a situation where yeah, you that's work. on that. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Okay. Here, I'm actually gonna take the opposite side. Uh, and the reason I'm doing it is because of the most recent regional, mm-hmm. where we saw rise with an obvious win condition. And he pressed Shadow Ball instead of the Sky Attack. So there's still a degree of human error. So even if you say, okay, I'm going to come in with Trevenant, I have a Shadow Ball, I win CMP, yeah. the Metacham is half health, there's still a degree of human error where you can press the Seed Bomb on X. No, no, if you so, press the Seed Bomb, that's fine. No, that's not a death one, though, because he pressed he pressed the Shadow Ball. That wasn't well, a, well, no, a game. What I'm glitch, saying, like, right? if the charge moves, uh, well, the argument is that if the charge moves, if the charge buttons don't show up, oh, then do I award I a death, a death win? But oh. how do you know it's a death win for sure if somebody is like stressed and panicking and <laughs> presses the wrong button, right? And then I thought, well, maybe maybe a shield should be a death win. If And what I mean by that is if a charge attack goes through a protect shield, maybe that should be a definite win, right? Because oh, that's okay. obviously a game-breaking error. But then I thought, what if they, they weren't sure if they could survive the attack and they actually no-shielded or they pressed the shield on <laughs> accident? And there's still human error there, right? Yeah, or like so super late. Can you super late and they don't know if it went through or not? So yeah. how can you say definitively, no matter what, that they would have won? I don't think there's a way. Interesting. Yeah, next time someone disputes me in factions, you're like, I definitely should have won that. I was like, Man, I didn't I didn't know you were you could have easily thrown a shadow ball at my knocktail instead of the sky attack. Rice did it, right? <laughs> that would frustrate my opponent so much. <laughs> Dude, there you go. Make it make a mold. Yeah, but seriously, it's a good point. I think. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? That is an interesting point. You're, you're not wrong. Oh, that was a we talked about it last week, but that was definitely an interesting moment in the tournament for sure. That was a poor rise. Man. Yeah, it was tough. It's great content, but it was it was unfortunate, very unfortunate for him. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Screenshot on Twitter afterward of his two different knockouts. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, I I like that. I never thought about it from that way, Speedy. But I'm probably still leaning on the side of death wins here. But mm-hmm. well, you could also see like on the screen, you know, that if 
which side they're trying to tap on, I guess. That, right? that, times, yeah. that, thank you. You, you read yeah. my mind. I think that's the only way yeah. the judge would have to see where the trainer was mm-hmm. tapping yeah. on the screen at a, at a high level, not even mm-hmm. just like, Oh, they had their hand there or they didn't have their hand there. They'd have to yeah. know what side the finger was on yeah. and if they're actively tapping or if they switch sides. So like yeah. even to that degree, I think, and this is something I really love to see as well is an overhead camera on the competitors. Oh, so you can see them both tapping on their screen, like from the overhead okay. angle. That'd be cool. Okay. I like that. I like, I like that. that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So some up, upgraded tech. Well, we'll let tech. I'll, I'll hit up some staff members at uh, the Pokemon company and be like, speed wants to purchase some cameras. I do. Yeah, I want the corkscrew camera that was on TCG at LAIC. So many acronyms. Trading card game at Latin American International <laughs> Championships. When the game started, it like corkscrewed down and like focused oh, on the players. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, they kind of need the aerial like, view for their game, right? They do. Yeah, they do. But uh, that'd be that's pretty dope. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Well, you really played devil's advocate on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. Um. Anyway, uh, we talked about a lot here today, but I'm I'm curious. Uh, any future projects uh you have in store for us, uh, Mister PV Poke, or that you can share, or any any uh any things you're working on, or or you know, I mean, the website already works great, so like I don't even like I feel like PV Poke is like because the last time we had you on was two years ago. I feel like so much has changed on the website that I don't even notice unless I go back. It's kind of like when you look yes. at old screenshots of Pokemon Go or like it's yes. just like a screenshot. Like it's like all the text looks different. It like looks really wonky, right? And you don't even yeah. see how smooth it looks now. I have an old clip of, of uh when I was battling in 2019 in Kingdom Cup. So I was battling with yeah. my teammates and uh, I was, I was kind of like talking smack to them. I was like, dude, you lost Celix into my Bastion because you double baited Crunch, right? <laughs> and yeah, it was a, it was not a good time for him. But I was like, I was like, I was like, if I find this clip, like you had to do something with our like upcoming jersey, right? And I found the clip, and I shared it with my teammates, and the gameplay looks so wonky. Like you don't even believe how yeah. choppy it looks. Like I was just like, how? Did, like if I'm watching it right now, I'd be like, I can't even tell if there's inconsistent gameplay because everything looks so choppy, right? like phasing in and out but i feel like yeah. i'm not saying people ever look like that but i feel like there were probably little changes in the past few years that i didn't even i wasn't even fully aware of um but uh any future developments that you have in mind that you could share with us Ooh, the challenge is i am a super like impulse driven um person oh so really? okay i don't have like there isn't a pv poke roadmap mm-hmm or anything like that. It's just I wake up some morning and decide, hey, I'm going to work on this today. And that's how stuff gets done. Uh, you know, okay. Inspiration strikes. <laughs> so let's see. What do I have? What do I have cooking right now? Um, <laughs> let him cook. <laughs> yeah, let him cook. Um, one thing I need to do is rework the... Uh, how the data for the training analysis top performers mm. teams gets stored. And when I do that, I right now it's all manual work of going in and pulling the data and then putting it together on the page. It's it's a great, it's a great process. Um, but I think I can yeah, set up a more automated system so there's more fluid um, stats and and numbers and things like that. Nice. So that's kind of um, 
shorter, yeah, shorter term mm -hmm. next project, I think. Um, so, Kakuna, I have a question for mm -hmm. you related to development. Um, this isn't this doesn't have to be directly Pokemon related. I think this is more of like a, a software product development mindset that you have, but I feel like you're always tweaking, adding new things on, making these minor adjustments and always trying to improve PV poke, uh, to make it, you know, usable, to make it accessible, uh, to make it actually look good as well. And I'm just wondering like, where does that mindset come from? And, how do you continually apply it? It, it almost, it, you know what it almost feels like? It almost feels like you work in technology and you work for a company that designs really nice products and you're always like pushing the envelope a little bit more, just trying to upgrade here or there and keep things like fresh and fun. Can you speak like just a little bit about that? Or is that all impulse driven as well? That is in <laughs> fact my day job. Yeah. Uh, I, do, okay. uh, I do web development and um, I think a huge factor um and motivation here is getting connect to connect with you guys and the twitter community and um people asking questions of hey what if this was like that or um you know sharing bugs or battle sim errors and um i always have a very healthy list of things i need to fix or or change so um yeah, yeah. You have a community feedback loop that is actually like very active and you take a lot of feedback and you incorporate it, which I think is amazing. Right. Yeah. No one ever talks poorly of PE poke. No, I never yeah. heard anyone say a bad thing ever. Yeah. It's yeah. almost suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, he's feeding us Kool-Aid. We don't even know about. <laughs> I know. Like, like what does he have on us? Does he have some blackmail on us? And we just don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. I will say I haven't like, I know a lot of people have asked for like an app or, you know, sure. things like that. And uh, like Caleb was saying, uh, the site has been pretty much like largely the same for the past however many years. Um, mm -hmm. But just, you know, making tweaks and features and um, fixes and, and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I haven't like completely gone back to the drawing board and here's PV poke too. <laughs> um, but I've learned a lot about like work-life balance and mm -hmm. how to keep PV poke manageable for myself, mm -hmm. which has mm -hmm. been a, a struggle at times and making sure I don't burn out and yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I wouldn't even know what to, change with it right i think it's it, it covers yeah. everything we look for and it's still like honestly on my browser history it's probably still the website I go to the most like yeah oh that's awesome on a weekly basis yeah, yeah. so it's uh it's incredible um but anyway uh thank you for taking the time to be a part of the guest i we covered a lot of things is there anything that uh you would like to share that we didn't get to touch on? Um, I mean, we have time here too, but Ooh, it's up to um, you if there's anything you want to share. Let's see. I, I did this week just finish um, putting it together a, a bookcase. That'll be a nice Pokemon plushy spot. Okay. So let's go. We've got Empoleon up there. We've got Altaria and, and Torchic so far. So any, any Kakunas? 
Uh, I do have a Kukuna packed away oh. somewhere. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was. Wait, what wasn't it? Wasn't it you, Speedy? Um, uh, I might, I might have, I might have got. Yeah, you might have contributed something. to that. that <laughs> yeah. I know your favorite Pokemon are Kakuna, Empoleon, and a, and a Flygon here or there. I, I know the yeah, Flygon makes appearance for a while. Yeah, I'm just surprised you don't have a Flygon username yet. But maybe the maybe the puns coming soon. <laughs> Somewhere, yeah, yeah. Let Flygons be Flygons. <laughs> that might hit the character limit, but that's a pretty good one. I give it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, Flygon if you do gym. go to Japan, um, go with the empty suitcase. So you could fill up fill up the uh the bookcase you know with more yeah, absolutely exactly yeah. well kakuna how can how can we support you i mean caleb and i go to your website all the time on my yes. android i actually have your web page as like its own app so i just like click oh, the web page app oh, that is awesome. a great pro tip i and didn't I, think about that yeah i just go there all the time i watch all your ads sometimes i click on them and i watch them <laughs> uh how he has can, a patreon how can we support he, has he a does patreon. have a patreon yes how, how can we get involved Oh, well, thank you so much. And um, just inviting me to chat like this is, is awesome. I, I love getting to connect with you guys. And I will say, like, one part of, like, being involved in the community is always, for me, is always kind of a feeling of being uh, stretched thin of, like, um, I, I interlock excuse me, interact with a lot of uh, different parts of the community. Mm-hmm. But it's tough to feel like um, there's always that imposter syndrome of, oh, <laughs> am I really talking to enough that, you know, because I'm a person who likes uh, like deep personal connections and getting to spend a Friday evening chatting with you guys is an awesome way to feel fulfilled and have fun. And awesome. yeah, so thanks for having me on. I mean, oh, thank shucks. you for spending your Friday evening with us. Yeah. Especially, especially last minute. I literally DM'd Matthew last night. I was like, Hey, uh, you want to be on the podcast again sometime? <laughs> like maybe tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. But, um, so I appreciate you even, coming to chat with us too because uh it's always yeah. a good time and i said this before I'll, I'll always say it too i think well there's two things right one is uh i think most people universally would agree that the one person that's made the most impact in pp is still uh you matthew for not only your oh. website but just for your resources and everything over yes. since the beginning of pvp time really i mean maybe yeah maybe you didn't have the website up in the first week of pvp but it was pretty much up in like a month or so (laughs) so it it came pretty quick um and then the other thing i always say is you know like it could have it could have gone really poorly if you were you know someone that was like really looking out to like you know for personal gain and stuff and you know screwing us over with like maybe like 20 ads on each on each simulation page like popping up and stuff looking like viruses and yeah and, exactly you know you had the ego to match that kind of energy but uh instead yeah. i think you're one of the nicest people in the community and uh oh, that's you. probably why no one really complains about the website because you just put so much time and effort into it mm-hmm. uh to make it good for everyone and you know don't really ask for much in return so again for those that are listening if you'd like to support pv poke there's a lot of ways go to the 
go to the website, click on the ads if you like, but also he has a Patreon page as well. And uh, you know, maybe get him some Flygon plushies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you have too much Flygon. We, we got to like space it out properly. I do um, need one. I do need one. Okay. So I'm, I'm keeping okay. my eye out. Okay. Noted. I like it. I like it. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for joining in. And uh, hopefully... Uh, we'll see you maybe on the big stage at Milwaukee. Um, you know, if if you if you win a tournament with a Kakuna on your team, then I I think that'll go down to history. <laughs> that'll be something. I'm still waiting for a little Jungle Cup to come back because I have a best buddy, uh, level fifty Kakuna that I want to put. In <laughs> wait, what? so wait, oh what is, what CP does that even hit? Four ninety two. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay, nice. You know, if I saw that, I wouldn't even know what moves it learns. I'd be like, like, I'd be on PV poke actually while facing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do a lot of times where I can't, I don't know what someone has. I'm just like oh, looking yeah. up, like, what does this thing even have? But yeah. yeah. During the charge of a mini game, I'm like, wait, what does what does Spindle learn again? You know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's the that's the real <laughs> kicker. The last time I faced Matthew in a in a friendly battle, best of three, it came down to game three. I had to cheese him a little bit and use double Bastion on to win. Yes, that was uh, that was sneaky. That yeah, was sneaky. yeah. Wow. I was like, he's not going to see this coming. It always feels weird to say swap a Bastion into a Como O though. <laughs> I was like, this yeah, is brutal. Swap. Yeah. I don't have any. Come on, who can take on one Bastion? <laughs> yeah, <Dude. laughs> the much. second one is where it comes as a surprise. <laughs> I saved the XL for the end too. You know, the first one's the non XL. <laughs> um, but anyway, that wraps up for us. So thank you again so much for joining us. I hope people enjoyed this guest episode, and I cannot wait to grill butters on this like always denial shenanigans oh. he's pushing. So. Here we Stay go. tuned for that one. Uh, but that's episode 86 for us. This is We're recording this on February 10th, 2023. Almost two years from the last time we had uh, Kakuna on here. Who knows what will happen the next time we have him on here. Level 60? I warned you all. You all laughed at me for evolving these Pidgeys on a lucky egg, but I warned you all when it's when it's a billion XP for level sixty. Yeah, I've got to pick up my uh, mass evolution game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just tag them. That's great. Um, but yeah, I hope you all uh, take care, and we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Yeah.